It's all about peace, spreading love in the world. So I gotta represent rebels for joy, positivity. You know that we're all about it. Magic happens when you align your purpose, passion, and power. Just believe in your greatness. I know for sure the light that you radiate too strong to ignore. Emotional revolution. It's time that we start. Love, we need more. We are rebels for joy. Woo! Hey, Rebel Sisters, welcome back to another episode of Rebels for Joy. I am your rebellion leader, Bonnie Kelly, here to help you align your purpose, passion, and power, all fueled by joy. You are in for a treat. I've got one of my gal pal extraordinaires, Ella, who is the host of the On Air with Ella podcast. She is everything personal development. We are going to talk about who knows, like from fitness to, to mindset to failures to personal growth. Like these conversations are always explosive and so fantastic. So if you're in your car, tighten your seatbelt. If you're out for a run, pick up that pace. If you're sitting down, grab your pen and paper because we are about to go for a ride. Hi, Ella. Woo! <laughs> hey, Bonnie. It's so good to be here. I love it. No pressure. None. Zero. None. Zero, right? But for real, like every time we come together, it is, it is just explosive magic. The, the amazing conversations we have had over the years, whether it's been on my summits or at your events or at, on your podcast, have just always been so rich and fulfilling. And I just cannot wait to now ha- introduce you to my girls. I know. And I really appreciate it. And I'm so grateful. I know you take such good care of your audience. So I'm so grateful that I feel honored to be able to talk to everybody today. Thanks so much. All right, Ellen, let's dive in. First off, let's start off easy. Let's have everybody just get to know who you are and, you know, what, who is Ella 2020 today? Who is anyone in 2020? Bonnie, I don't know what this is. I don't know what's happening now, um, but I will, I will take the spirit of your question and rise to the challenge. Um, again, thank you so much. It's, first of all, it's so good to see your face. I've missed talking to you so much. Um, and I love, I love staying in touch with you over voice notes and, and the like, um, but also just enjoying your podcast. And I just, you bring so much energy to everything that you do. And I think that's why we connected early on, on a spiritual level. Um, and I'm, it just, it gives me energy. It gives me life to be connected with you today and to share with your audience too. So thank you very much. Um, who am I? I'm Ella, host of On Air with Ella. And that show started, gosh, five years ago, Bonnie. Um, talking about fitness and wellness and a lot of, a lot of wellness concepts, but very physical, you know, nutrition and, and exercise and that sort of thing. And that's fine. Like it's a beautiful gateway drug to personal development, if you will. Like, you know what I mean? It's a great portal. It's like, that's great. But can I lose five pounds? Uh, I want to be the best person that I can be, but tell me what exercise to do. Um, and that's kind of where I was. And I was, I really wanted to make health and wellness accessible for people. I think we complicate it. Um, I know that we complicate it. There's a lot more money in complicated health and wellness than there is in the simplicity of it. Right. Um, so that was my, that was my motivation, if you will. And it really, really evolved from there as I evolved, um, and really wanted to talk more about the 360 degrees of a person, you know what I mean? And that's when, that's when we connected, I think is when I was kind of in that, in that journey. Um, and so now it's much more personal development with a wellness slant and taking care of oneself again with 360 degrees of us in mind. So that's everything from spirituality to sexuality, to mindset, to, um, 
defining what motivation really is and then figuring out how to go get it. And so all the things, Bonnie, and that's yeah. what, that's what sort of gets me up in the day. I love it. So you just dropped a little nugget there and I'm like, Ooh, I'm writing that down, but defining what mo- motivation really is. I feel like that was a teaser that we need to like, we need to open that can of worms. So divulge. Well, your your folks, the people who are listening, they're busy, right? And they also have the things, the many dimensions to them that they want to be. And I think that one challenge in being a woman today um, and in our current environment is we're in the mom zone or we're in the spouse zone or we're partnered with somebody or we're in the career zone or, you know, pick your thing, right? Whether you're working on your financial development, your financial evolution or your spiritual evolution, like so many dimensions. And when you start to, when you, when you look at yourself that way, you realize that typically if you're excelling in one, you're probably doing it at the cost of another. Right. Um, and so at any given point, wherever you are in that whole wheel that sort of makes up our 360 degrees, wherever you are in that, I don't know about you, but when I'm, when I'm, week in one, I'm constantly sort of seeking the motivation to improve it. Let's pick a really easy one. It's very base. It's one that I think almost everybody can relate to. And that's just say like your physical fitness, your, your diet or your exercise or something in the very, you know, something very tangible like that, right? Mm -hmm. We're looking for the motivation. We're like, well, I'll get to that. Like, I'll take care of that when I can just like figure out the thing that like, I see that her and she's on Instagram and she looks so motivated. Like what is is motivating her to change or, or to get the thing done? I, I don't know about you, the people that I know who really get where they want to be and get the things done in the day that they want, or they build the areas of their life that they want to build. Not a single one of them wakes up every day, 365 days a year, fully motivated. Like, I mean, yeah. do you, I mean, actually, maybe you do. (laughs) Maybe you do. I do not wake up every day and I'm like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to kill it. I'm going to do it. Like, that is not my natural state, Bonnie. Like, I do not wake up with the motivation, like, descending upon me. I don't know. Is that, do you? No, no, no. I say motivation is a muscle that I actually have to flex pretty often. (laughs) Well, and sometimes, like, I can't find that muscle. Yeah. (laughs) I know it's here somewhere. I don't even want to flex it some days. And I'm just like, you know what my flexing power is my ability to sit on my couch. (laughs) No lie. And I think the internets have convinced us that motivation is something that like, once you find it, it'll sort of like show up at your door. You can Amazon prime motivation, or it'll just show up on your door, like some sort of magical package. If you buy the right program, or if you, you take the right supplement, or you figure out the thing that worked for that person that might work for you. And, I, and it took me way, way too long to realize that the only, it's not motivation, it's momentum. Yeah. If we, if we replace the word motivation with the word momentum, then, then you know that one tiny action will beget another and that action will beget another. And therefore you create momentum toward the thing you are trying to create and momentum is under your control. Whereas motivation feels or is sold to us as though it is something that lands upon us. Does that, does that resonate? Oh, I love it. I love it. It does. And I feel like that so many of us are waiting for things to happen for us or to us, for us to begin to take that inspired action. I mean, this is one of the things you and I were even talking about pre this call when it comes to purpose. And how often it's like we're waiting for something, some inspired divine enlightenment for us to really feel purposeful or to start taking purpose. And that's clearly what you're saying here with that motivation as well is that it's like, you guys, like to be motivated means that we have to have momentum. 
And that's really what continues to get us moving forward. And so if it is diet and nutrition, if it is health and wellness, if it is your finances, like we have to start taking small actions, one foot in front of the other to get the train moving so it picks up speed so that we can start to receive that which we desire. Yeah. And the trick I think is, well, here's the complexity to it. When you compare yourself to somebody else, it looks as though the thing just happened for them. Mm. I I mean, maybe just me, but like I see the person and I see them at X point in their success. And I think, oh, if I could just do the thing that they did that got them there in whatever area it is, again, whether it's career or finances or you, you fill in fill in the hole with whatever is the thing you're, you're really seeking and searching for right now. When we compare ourselves to others who have done that, we feel as though we are falling short and we need to land on a thing. I have, it took me again, far too long to sort of just destroy the entire mental model and say, what is the minimum effective dose? Like what is the tiniest thing I can do today that just walks me in the direction that I need to go. And it's funny because we keep thinking like we have to do the thing so that we get the result. But the truth is you have to do the thing to create the identity for yourself that you're the person that's capable of doing the thing. Yes. Oh my God. I love that you just said that you have to build the belief first, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like you have to start taking the action to reinforce the belief so that the belief becomes the identity. So then, and only then, do we actually start to receive that which we desire. And I just yeah. love that you just said that. It's not, it's not the doing, it's the identity. When it you, is. When you, you know, I used to say fake it till you make it and that sort of thing. And I understand what I meant. <laughs> I meant, you know, do the thing until you're not scared of the thing anymore. And there's still some truth in that, but really see it so you can be it resonated with me so much more when I started actually putting it to use. Um, Understanding that it's not about putting on someone else's suit. Again, when we're talking about comparison, sorry, I'll try and I'll try and unmuddy the waters here. It's not about putting on someone else's suit, taking someone else's supplement, doing someone else's program to do the thing that they're doing. It's about building the patterns of behavior for myself that identify, I identify as a person who does those things. And yeah. that is where real yeah. change comes from. So motivation, amazing. If you yeah. wake up for it, if it shows up at your door, like a beautiful package that you weren't expecting, then God bless you. But most of the time, I think we have to create it ourselves. Well, and that's, and that's it because it's, it's, it's a feeling and no feeling lasts forever. Momentum is something that we build and that grows and expands on itself. But motivation is a feeling just like joy is a feeling and sadness is a feeling and all feelings are temporary. You can have one predominantly over another right? So we always are curating a joyous mindset, a joyous attitude that would allow you to seed or experience joy more often. But it doesn't mean that you're going to be void of sadness or hurt or anger or rage or any of these other emotions because those are still there too. And so motivation is just like anger. It's going to show up like from an Amazon package on your front door and you're like, surprise, nice to see you. Hello. And, but it's not going to be sustainable for Mm -hmm. achievement. Mm -hmm. And that's what Ella's saying here. And I just love, love, love that because it's that momentum. I always think momentum with the train, right? Yeah. Is that if we want, if we're, if we're sitting in, I don't like it, Bill. Okay. Let's just say that that's the town we're in. And we want to go to, I like it, Bill, right? Which is the next town over is that 
that train has to start from a stop position and it doesn't go from zero to 600 in, in 3.2 seconds. It has to build that momentum to get going and going. And it's got to put one you know, train track in front of the other to get to its destination. And as it's moving, it'll move faster. Just like for you, listener, us, is that that momentum begins to just become part of your nature because you start to believe that you are a mover and a shaker. You believe that you are a motivated person or a fit person or a healthy person or whatever that is that you're trying to move towards. Yeah, and think of how much more accessible that is when you realize that all it takes is the tiniest step. Um, I I don't know about you, but whenever I thought there was something, the thing out there that I was trying to achieve um, in in any arena in life, I thought, you know, I sort of had to make big, gigantic, dramatic leaps um, or have big transformative shifts. As it turns out, transformation is made up of the tiniest increments. So if, if you're sitting on the sofa and you feel like I'm, I am 15 pounds away from having my healthiest body, I need to go start working out for an hour a day and I'm definitely going vegan, like for sure that's happening. And then I obviously can never drink again. Um, That is where we fall apart. When we think, what is the tiniest thing? Like I challenge you to say, what is the smallest thing that I can do today? And let's move off of our physical bodies. Let's talk about if you want to start creating, you want to start writing, or you want to start your own podcast or your own blog. What is the tiniest thing that you can do today to move you toward that? For, for me, it would be to buy a journal. That would be the tiniest thing that I could do. I can't write in it if I don't have it. So, or maybe I buy myself a really lovely pen. Um, that is the tiniest action I can think to move me toward that goal today. Tomorrow, it might be to write one sentence. When you start thinking of things in the tiniest possible increments, it lets you off the hook from this big, you know, this commitment to transformative change. Like I can just do the tiniest thing that I can think of. And six months from now, I'm in a wildly different place. I love your train analogy. Yeah. Do you find that um, when people are looking at that monumental change that it becomes paralyzing for them? It does for me. <laughs> it does for me. Me too. Um, I'm glad I'm not alone in this. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I mean, I want to be one of those people that gets to tell the story where you're like, I was fumbling along and then lightning struck and all of a sudden everything made sense. Like I've, I've wanted to be that person my whole life. That has never happened to me. Can't wait for it. I'm waiting. I'm ready. Um, yeah. No. Every, uh, again, I only learn by doing that. I, I, nobody over here is sitting on a mountaintop telling you how it's done. I can only share my lived experience. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. And so we, we dabble in a little bit of comparison and in with comparison, usually we compare ourselves to this idea of perfection. We, we see these other people, like you said, they're at a specific point. They're at the destination that we want to be at whether it's fitness or beauty or, um, you know, fashion or finances or whatever it is, they're there. Relationship. Anybody ever looked at somebody else's relationship? Yes. (laughs) Right. So they're at this point and they have that picture perfect. And then we compare ourselves to what we perceive to be perfection. How does somebody untangle from that? Where do they, how do they backpedal from this, Ella? Well, that's easy. Um, (laughs) just kidding. It's not, (laughs) um, Two, two things, two practical tools that I think help break this down a little bit. And again, just from, just from lived experience, because first of all, I don't know anyone who doesn't do that. And I don't know 
how you avoid that phenomenon from occurring. I think that is the human condition, Bonnie. I really do. Yeah. So, so it's not about avoiding it and it's not about pretending it doesn't exist. It's about managing it. So, so one thing that I have to acknowledge though, is I think that there's a lot of talk about comparison being the death of joy and be careful what you fill your feed with and who you're comparing yourself to and don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 40. Like, and we know that, right? We know it doesn't mean we're doing it, but we know it and we intellectually accept that, right? How about this though? I compare myself to ideal me all the time. So, so, so hear me out. I compare myself to like fantasy me. Either it's the me that gets up every day. I have a morning routine every day. I stick to it every, I wake up. I never look at my phone for the first three hours of the day. Well, I think positive, positive thoughts about myself. And then I eat nothing but ideal whole foods for the rest of the day. Well, I intersperse extremely productive work with a short but very intense workout routine, I wrap my day with family time where I'm the perfect ideal wife who shows up and really actively listens to my husband <laughs> while nurturing my growing son. Okay, this is <laughs> this person does not exist. <laughs> but in my brain, do I let that stop me from comparing the actual me in real time to fantasy self? <laughs> okay. I thought I was an A plus plus on not comparing myself to, to like chicks in my social media feed. Okay. I, I nailed that one a long time ago. And then I realized I don't need to do that anymore because I'm self-flagellating <laughs> against the ideal version of me that has never walked on this earth. <laughs> but continues to reside fully in my mind. Anyone? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yes. I'm laughing so hard. My cheeks hurt, Ella, because I'm like, we, this is not me. We do this all the time, right? We're like, oh, that's okay. I don't look at, I don't look at women with eight packs on Instagram anymore. So I'm totally good. I'm totally okay. No, I, um, I self-flagellate with the ideal version of me or past me. You know, yeah. if I, if I was on the ball with something when I was 30 and, um, it, you know, why not a few years later, why not compare myself to that ideal? Um, so, so I think it's super important to call that out because I think that we don't talk about that enough. Um, and to answer the question, which is great. And we understand intellectually what to do and what not to do, but what are we doing about it? All of that is just about just, I say just, it's just about managing your brain. No big deal, Bonnie. Um, but it a hundred percent is about building patterns and adhering to those patterns and sticking with those patterns and sticking in our comfort zone and to interrupt that pattern of thought and change our brains requires the work. So what I mean by that is the only way that I've ever known to interrupt that pattern Bonnie is to call it out and be like, Oh, look what I'm doing again. And get super curious about it. Not shame myself. Right. I'm going to choose curiosity over judgment and be like, Oh, look at me. Look what I'm doing again. I'm comparing what I'm doing and how I'm showing up in the world with how the inner critic in my head thinks I should be showing up in the world and odd. I keep falling short. So that's weird. And then when we fall short, that's when all of the shame and the guilt and like that self-hatred and the insecurities and the fear and the doubt, it's just come raging in. And I want to say raging in because it does prevent us from really start to build that momentum even further because we become paralyzed with our own self, like self-limitation. Like we're sitting there saying like, well, duh, that's why you suck. And then it's like, okay, well, why should I even try anymore? 
and we just kind of start throwing in the towel when uh, when we're just comparing you know ourselves to a version of ourselves that doesn't exist and i think the real question too ella is like where did we get that 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 image of ourselves like who set that standard and bar of that's who we need to be and when did we choose to buy in on that yeah who set your standard that is such a good question who set your standard yeah um also, when we get in that loop that you talk about, that's when we dive into our favorite destructive behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I did. Like for years, I thought I had a, let's say a disordered relationship with food. I'm not, I'm not quite willing to put a full-fledged label on it, but let's just call it a disordered relationship with eating. Not important, not something you have to do every day. Very manageable. Um, and I thought I was well past it. And then look at me, look at how surprised I was when 20 years after I thought I had sorted this out and I'm in a, I'm in a very, like, I'm in a relationship that I love that makes me truly happy. You know, we're married. So sometimes we want to kill each other, but when we don't like super love him um, and I'm like living a happy life, I'm fulfilled and can't figure out why I'm binge eating at 40 years old, a problem that I thought was done 20 years ago. And the reason I was doing that and the healing journey that I went on where I had to sort of do the work and face this was because when you're in that endless loop of not good enoughness and I'm unqualified or I'm not motivated to do the thing and I'm going to self-flagellate and I'm going to do the shame thing, you go to the destructive behavior of choice. Maybe it's overspending. Maybe it's over shopping. Maybe it's over sexing. Maybe it's over drinking. Maybe it's overeating. Like pick your thing, right? Whatever card is the card you play when you get there. That is, that is to bring back to the earlier topic, that is where the pattern interrupt will save your life, change your life, or, you know, yeah. send you down the so wrong what are way. your favorite pattern interrupts? Like I, my, one of my favorites, cause hi, my name is Bonnie and I used to be a bulimic. So emotional eating is definitely in my repertoire of things that will stress me when I get under pressure. And I actually, if I get into those points where I find myself like kind of just eating mindlessly, right? And I just find myself just eating to, for eat's sake because I'm trying to actually repress emotion is I put a sticker, in, like sticky notes in my cabinet on all my favorite junk foods. This is drop and give me five. Now that can be five jumping jacks. That can be five pushups. That can be five, you know, burpees. That can be five, whatever. Pattern it is. And that mm-hmm. pattern interrupt, I swear has been like godsend for me. What is yours? Like, what's your favorite pattern interrupt? I say, what hole am I trying to fill right now? Mm. And I just, and I'll, and I'll be honest with you, like overdoing things is also a part of the human condition. So actually some people restrict and restrain, and that might be more of their tendency. Um, I don't know what that's like. (laughs) I don't think I've ever restrained anything in my entire life. Um, I'm definitely an overdoer. Um, I want to be really clear because I think it's super frustrating for people who are struggling to hear from people who sound like they're on the other side of something. And what I love about you and what I'm very willing to come to the table with is I still struggle. So you still might find yourself eating emotionally. Well, that is a part of the human condition. That is not something we ever stop doing. Again, whether you're restrict or overdue, you're still going to have those tendencies, but there's but it's not a diagnosis anymore for you. It's not a demon that is that has dominion over you anymore. And that is the difference. I think it sucks when people sound like they're on the other side of something and it never plagued them again. It, mm-hmm. Unless it, it, if it has the happy virtue of being true, that's great. But what I mean is doing the work 
And engaging in something like pattern interrupt is something that I still do on the regular. The yeah. difference for me is the demon isn't in charge of me anymore. Yeah. Is that, is that, am I making sense? No, it makes great sense. And I think with that, that power over you, that demon that has over you is really, it's like, are you identifying with that? Right. Yeah. So it's if it true. is like that, where you inside of you, you believe that you're not enough, you believe that you're inadequate, then of course, then these thoughts and these outside influences are going to have power over you that you're not going to feel in the control of. And, and so for us to do the pattern interrupt, it gives that's that create space between you and an automatic response so that you have an opportunity to make a better decision such as what hole am I feeling right now? Right. The hole I'm feeling right now is feeling inadequate. Okay. What do I choose to believe instead? A hundred percent. And it doesn't always mean I change the behavior. Yeah. And that is okay. Like if I'm about to just like free base on some chocolate, I say, what hole am I trying to fill right now? What need am I trying to fill right now? And sometimes I'm just stressed and man, I'd really like some chocolate. And guess what? That's happening. Yes. <laughs> I, I, just said that. I make no apologies for it, but I do want to call it by its name. Yes. When you call it by its name, it's not a secret. It's not shameful. It's not in the closet. It's like, this is me. This is the chocolate. This is my face dive. This is happening. But I have called it into the light. It's not happening in the darkness. You know, for me, it's like when I'm feeling inadequate, I will shrink. So I will actually shrink into, I want to numb out. And so for me, numbing out, I just want to just binge watch on television. And I found that that same, there's so much power when I sit there and I'm just like, what am I doing right now? It's like, I am totally avoiding my life right Mm -hmm. now. Okay. Why am I doing that? I'm scared that I'm a failure. I'm scared. I'm not capable. I'm scared. It's not going to work out. All right. Are you willing to do anything different in this moment? No. Cool. Watch that show body. Right. And I do. And I will just like, I will just say, all right, but I called out the fact that it's like, I'm sitting here because I'm sitting in my inadequacy right now. I am feeling like a small little incapable loser. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to feel this for a minute knowing that I'm going to ask myself that same question tomorrow. Yep. And when you call it by its name, it's not your dirty little secret anymore. It's not. It's yeah. acknowledging that you are riding the wave of that emotion and that mm-hmm. wave is going to break and that wave is going to wash away and it's going to be replaced by another one. And that one might be joy. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm so with you. I think that we, I think that it's too easy to make personal development and doing the work and struggling and trying to live your very best life and find the joy and find your passion. I think it's so, so it's too easy to make it sound easy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we're all looking for the easy button, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, please, can I please? Yeah. <laughs> or like, I want to like, give me the super fit button, the super abundant button, the super, you know, perfect parent button, right? Like we would just want that button. And I always say like Julian and I always say, we say, if, if we could give you a magic pill that would just wash all your problems away, we'd do it. But that's not the reality. And that's why it's like you work with somebody through yeah. this for an extended period of time, because it is about you know, getting those reps in. It's, I mean, you don't go to the gym one time and expect to be ripped, right? We, well, I mean, you do expect that. <laughs> is that reality? Listen, I, I, I will skip dessert one night and be like, why am I still bloated? Like 11 minutes later. I'll be... <laughs> 
No. Oh, yeah. We want the instant, instant we gratification. Do. And we forget <laughs> that it takes time. It takes putting in the reps. It takes showing up. It takes all of these different elements for us to receive those results. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier with this baby steps, right? Asking yourself, like, because there's certain days that you're like, dude, I could jump ahead. And there's going to be a lot of days that it's like, I don't have the space or the time or the capacity to jump anything other than all the obstacles and obligations that are set in front of me. So what is the smallest thing that I can do today? I can, um, you know, eat less carbs. I can go for a five minute walk versus, you know, uh, sitting for lunch. I can park in the farthest space out in the parking lot. So I get extra steps on my way into the store. I can drink water instead of a soda. It can be I mean, I was obviously a lot of fitness things right there, but my point is like, or you can put that in the save for later and not buy, right? But it could be the littlest things that begin to start building that. And if we can just continue to have that mindset and that a mindfulness around this, you guys, lasting results emerge from momentum. You know, one of my favorite quotes in the world um, is from Arthur Ashe. It's not mine. I use it a lot. I never want anyone to think that I'm saying that it's mine. Arthur Ashe, a very famous tennis player um, from years ago, he said, achieve greatness. This is his recipe for achieving greatness. Start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. That is my mantra. I think about it all the time. I think about it if I'm trying to add mileage to my run, if I'm trying to get through an enormous work project, if I'm trying to be a better partner to my husband. Start where you are, not where somebody else is, not to your fictional ideal. Use what you have today. It will change. What you have six months from now will be different than what you have today. What you have tomorrow will be different than what you have today. And then do what you can and do only what you can. So I would love I would love to introduce anyone who's not yet come across that recipe for success. Um, my favorite quote ever: "Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can." I love that, and I feel like I, that nugget and that reminder that it's going to change because some days what you have available, being a mom, right, being a wife, being a entrepreneur or employee or whatever provider. What you have every day is going to change depending on what's demanded of you as well. And so we really want to meet ourselves where we are and allow ourselves a tremendous amount of grace so that we can continue to grow in joy. In joy. And, and that's really what I think a big part of it is here. So Ella, before we kind of wrap this up, you know, you... you n- you dropped a, another little nugget a while ago, and I want to go back around that because you and I kind of briefly talked about, you know, adopting this I'm unqualified kind of mindset, right? So this was, I thought was really good, and, and you just, you, you kind of dabbled it, but explain to our audience, explain to us what that means. Um, I think that a lot of times we put a pressure on ourselves that comes from, you know, pick your source. Maybe it's your family of origin, or maybe it's something you pick up in school or whatever it may be. And we have, you've heard the term, any, anybody who's listened to more than three podcasts has heard the term imposter syndrome, I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where we feel like if they discover the real us, then they'll know, you know, whoever they is, when they discover the real us, they'll know we've been faking it the whole time or we're not qualified to be here. And I don't know, I, again, I think that's very normal and very natural. I think it's a part of our youth. I think it's a part of our development. Um, I think it's definitely a part of 
starting at a new school or starting in a new job or a new circle of friends. And it was the day that I realized that I would just embrace the fact that I'm unqualified instead of trying to put on the suit of armor where I present as perfectly qualified for everything that I'm there to do. Um, whether it's career, whether it's starting a podcast, whether it's moving to a new city and meeting new people, I just lead with the fact that I am hashtag unqualified. Like I am, I didn't, I am absolutely here with a posture of learning. I want to show up flaws and all and be here in the skin that I am. Um, I, I don't know, Bonnie. I just relieved myself of feeling that there were boxes I needed to check before I became vulnerable to any situation. Yeah. Now, some people might not relate to that because they might sort of, they might be more comfortable. Vulnerability scared the hell out of me. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? In yeah. so many different arenas. and. I think that comes from a fear of being known and the fear of being known is rooted in the fact that like, Oh, if they really knew, and I yeah. just wish we could all just sort of show up and I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, show everything, tell everyone, everyone, everything. That's not what I mean. I just no. mean if we relieve ourselves of the pr pressure of perfection and pretending, yeah, that we're, I mean, the reality is, I mean, we, we all know people, right. That, uh, that, that don't, that are, are constantly trying to put on this front. And so we've been guilty of this as well. I'm not trying to say they're just people in general, but, sure, and it's, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting um, to put on the show, to put on the mask, to continue to show up and say, okay, hi, I've got it all together. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And the truth is a lot of times we've even convinced ourselves that we're fine, but it really is a house of cards. It really is a facade that does crumble down because we're not living in authenticity. We're not living in balance where we're balancing our needs, wants, and desires and our voice and our dreams and our ambitions with those that we take into so much consideration outside of ourselves. There is another side of the perfectionism coin that I want to share because there's somebody out there right now that's saying, I don't put on a mask. Like I am who I am. Well, perfectionism shows up in a different way as well. And I'm sort of a serial entrepreneur. I think you and I bonded on that. Um, you know, we have that DNA in, in common as well. And perfectionism, for those of you who don't, can't relate to, you know, you feel like you show up as your authentic self all the time. However, perfectionism, and I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't see me right now, is a brilliantly noble version of procrastination. Mm. So that's the other side of perfectionism that I don't know that we talk about enough. And that is, I'll launch it when it's perfect. I'll start the blog when I have a back catalog that is Nobel Prize winning worthy. I will create the thing when I, or when the kids leave, that is when I will do this. Like, we use perfectionism. It's not good enough, but the moment it's good enough, then I'll launch it into the world and we hide behind it. And I just want to offer that that is a very noble form of procrastination that I'm it also. Totally of. <laughs> yeah. And cause it, you'll get, you, you literally are procrastinating doing the thing by keeping yourself busy. 
doing other hundred percent. Right. <laughs> and I mean, I have, um, a dear friend of mine is that she, for her, it's like, well, I'll launch it when I have enough education. Well, there's never going to be enough education. Like there's so many different components of things that you're just not going to know when you're, when you're launching, whatever it is that you're launching, when you're stepping into whatever it is you're stepping into. But I, I think where we can really rely on and lean on is that none of us really knew, like we didn't have the how to, when we had our children. Right. And we figured it out as we went along very imperfectly, right? Um, There were a lot of different times where it was great and a lot of times where it wasn't great. And as a result, we still, we still are like, we're still shining through that is what I'm trying to say. And so when we can stop waiting and we can start to recognize that keeping busy just to keep busy sake is is an avoidance tactic. Waiting until everything's perfect or we've acquired enough is an avoidance tactic, right? All of these things are going to prevent us from having and doing and being the version of ourselves that we desire. And it's time for us to rise up. like and do Show it. up unqualified. Yes. Show up unqualified and do the thing. That's yeah. the only way I've ever qualified for anything. Amen to that. And then successful follow, right? Because it's, it really is the people who show up that usually succeed. Who put up reps, do not put up a zero. That was the best advice I ever got. And that's not about, that is not about pushups. Yeah. <laughs> it's just show up for yourself, prove to yourself that you're the person that shows up for herself and do the thing and suck it. at it. Suck yes. at it until you don't. <laughs> yes. And sucking at it doesn't mean you suck, right? It's like there was a huge epiphany I had when it was, when I was able to separate that I failed versus I am a failure. Yeah. And the yeah. same thing is like when you suck versus I suck, right? Like meaning yeah. I suck at something versus my identity. As soon as we put that I before it, it becomes an identity crisis. And that's truly where it's going to have power over you and keep you from having and doing whatever you want fueled by joy. <laughs> All right. Do it anyway. Amen. All right, gorgeous. So we're going to end with this big question. I would love for you to share with our audience, what does being a rebel for joy mean to you? True confessions. Um, it means doing the work to fight against my natural tendency. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I do not wake up. I, I confess this already. Spoiler alert. I do not wake up bound, like filled with optimism and joy. I have to choose joy every day. So I'm not, I don't suffer from depression, nor do I wake up every day just filled with nothing but gratitude and abundance. Like I have to make that choice every day. And I actually, I'm not afraid to admit that that requires a discipline that I've built over time. And when you like when personally, when I was able to admit that to myself and like, it is a muscle and I need to flex it. Um, the greatest thing, I, I guess, sort of being a rebel for joy to me means rebelling against the lazier tendency to maintain the status quo. Yeah. I I choose joy and I have to choose it with my actions and my thoughts. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. His thought, feeling, actions, right? That's where they all go. That was easy. Where's the easy (laughs) button? No, it's hard. It is hard. Every day. It is. Isn't that the point? 
Yeah. Well, and it becomes until it becomes a systematic part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's deeply ingrained in your belief system It's deeply ingrained in your values It's deeply ingrained in your develop, like your neurological patternings. And, but that requires work before it becomes a default, easy, like go to for you. So absolutely. I love that. So thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom guys. If you want to follow Ella, all of her links are going to be below. Go check out our podcast as well on air with Ella. It is fantastic. There are some really cool episodes. I think I've on there like two or three times. It's like, you are too. I know. There's some great episodes. We'll try to link those in our show notes below for you as well, guys. Thank you for being here, sister. And thank you, Ella, for being a part of my crew. Bye.